Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Rubin. Katie, Katie, Katie Harms. (laughs) This is a fun game. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I have had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm going to focus on a couple of things that happened to me this last weekend, and they involve two conversations I overheard. Okay. One was really cute. I was at a vintage sale, and there were two young guys walking together looking at booths, and... I overheard them. The one guy said to the other, hey, doesn't your lady like to wear stuff like this? And he pulls out, I don't know if it was a sweater or something. It was a vintage piece. And it was cute. And so, of course, my ears perked up. And the other guy says, I don't know, dude. He says, I just don't, I don't even try anymore. I know better. I've learned better not to bring things home for her, just random stuff. (laughs) I just thought that was so funny. Because the other guy was trying, and the other guy noticed what his friend's partner looked like, which I thought was really cute. Then the second one, we're sitting at lunch, and I overhear two older gentlemen talking, and the one says to the other one, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is with women. And they were, both these guys were married for many, many years, but he said, you know, it doesn't matter if I tell her she looks nice, if I tell her something tastes good, if it's, it's always like, well, it could have been better or this or that or the other thing. And the other guy kind of said, yeah, I get the same thing. I don't understand. They just don't know how to take a compliment. And I just, I thought, wow, we have been talking about that. It's something that I notice in women all the time. Maybe it happens in men, but I don't notice it as much. But it is something among my friends group that I will notice if you say, gosh, your hair looks great or whatever. Oh, really? Well, I don't like it today. And we have got to learn, all of us, how to take a compliment. I, I agree with that. I mean, I notice that all the time. Um, it's hard to take a compliment. I'm terrible at it. I mean, if someone says something complimentary to me, I'm like, no, you know, you, you, you're uncomfortable, right? And I, I don't know the reason for it. I, I, I don't know the reason, but I think it's a natural reaction. Maybe women don't want to feel egotistical or they don't want to say, thank you. I think that my hair looks really good today because they feel like then that person who gave them the compliment will feel bad. I, that's the only thing that I always think about. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of noise in our own heads, because when you give someone a compliment, why are you giving someone a compliment? That's a good question. I mean, because you like what they're wearing, what, how they look, their nail color, their shoes, their handbag. The interesting thing is that I noticed that if you compliment a woman on her handbag or her shoes, they generally say, 
with a smile, thank you, I like them too. But if you compliment a woman on something that is attached to her body, her hair, her face, you know, whatever it is, or like your arms look really great, you must be working out some, you know, that's a small example. They're hesitant to say thank you. But if it's something that they're wearing, that they purchased, and you compliment them, they might say thank you, I like it too. Hmm. I'll have to test that out. It's very interesting to me. The people that I I love to compliment are the people that are random that you don't know that I may see in Target or something. There was a gal going to Target Target. a lot, Katie. (laughs) You know, I haven't been to Target in a long time. I just use them as as an example. I'm giving you a hard time. I'm giving you a hard time. (laughs) I love Target. I think I talked about this before. I saw a young girl walking in and she just looked all just really great. She had on a great dress and some cute boots and she just, the way she was carrying herself. And I said, you look fantastic. And I, we were both walking in. She was probably 10 feet ahead of me. And she turned around and looked and said, you made my day. And I felt great about it. She felt great about it. So I want us to get to that point. I want us to really pay attention when someone gives us a compliment how to properly thank that person. Because if we say to them, oh, eh, I don't like the way I did it this morning or whatever, what are you saying to me? You're saying, you don't know what you're talking about. And so you've discounted a gift that somebody's given you. Really, every compliment becomes a gift. So it's a, it's a stop point. It's, and look, we, are, we have Sasha from Revolution Salon on with us today. And she's going to talk about hair primarily, right? But she sees women and men all the time. So she certainly knows we'll get into some of those great questions of what drives people to do what they do and how they feel about themselves. But if you look at the beauty industry, billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent to look our best, to feel our best. And when we get that compliment, we have to be able to accept it. Well, maybe we should encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast that the next time they get a compliment from somebody, they say, thank you and just try it and just try it. It's, it's a habit. I believe it's a habit that you have to get into. It, It doesn't have to be, it's not a yes and, or yes, but it's a thank you. Thank you. That's so kind of you. I agree. Thank you. I worked really hard on it today. So I'm, I'm glad somebody likes it. You know, it's just those things and it's the energy we give off. And I feel like that's really important too. And then I also think that the person that's giving the compliment, depending on who they are, can really set up someone's day to have a better day. You know, whether it's your spouse, your partner, your child who would never compliment you or notice generally what you're wearing if they say mom you look really good today or wow I love how your hair is you're just going to kind of have a little different shuffle throughout the day yeah you know and I think we have you you hit on it at the beginning when we were talking about this it's sort of been ingrained into us to not be 
boastful or whatnot. But I remember even talking to my mom, like she'd make something great. I'd say, mom, this is fabulous. Oh, well, it didn't have quite enough this or that. And would be like, mom, it was just good. It really, everybody liked it. There's none of it left. So, you know, this is probably generational and we, we need to learn to get past it. But I thought these two sweet men that were talking about their wives, they just wanted to give them compliments. And, and those wives had some pretty special guys there that understood that they didn't know why their wives were not just saying thank you because they weren't giving genuine compliments. So that's our lesson for the day. And I think that energy that you put into the rest of your day matters too, right? And to also remember to give someone a compliment, like if someone gives you a compliment, remember to give someone else a compliment because that will make you feel better too. Paying it forward. You know, that's a good point too, because I don't think when somebody gives you a compliment, it's necessarily, oh yeah, your hair looks great too. It's not that. And I don't think anybody expects that. It has to be a genuine compliment. So I think if you can't just stop with thank you, then say thank you. That's very kind of you because you're giving that person a compliment back by saying they're kind, right? Yeah. Or I really, I really appreciate that. You made my day. Exactly. 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 I mean, when well, I'm helping women and we're in the dressing room or virtually now, I'm not in dressing rooms very much anymore. Um, and they put an outfit on and I'm like, oh, wow, now that looks fabulous on you. And I want you to look in the mirror and I really want you to think about blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm always paying her a compliment. But it takes them a few minutes to actually then really look in the mirror and see if they like the outfit. If I don't say anything, they actually look in the mirror faster. But when I pay them that compliment, it slows it down. Now, there's an interesting thing to think about. Okay. Say that again. If you give them a compliment, they're quick to look in the mirror? No, they're the not. Opposite. The, the opposite. opposite. The opposite. It takes mm-hmm. them longer to process it. And I know that little trick of mine, but, and I know that. So sometimes I will wait until to pay a compliment. If I really like something on somebody, because I want them to look in the mirror first, because as soon as I pay them that compliment, they are a lot slower to actually look in the mirror and see themselves. Hmm. That's just something I've realized over all these years. That's fantastic. That's very insightful. Yep. Very insightful. Well, we're going to get some great insights from Sasha. I'm, I have to ask her how to say her last name when she comes on with us, because I believe it's Zogi, Zohi. We'll find out when Sasha joins us right now. Sasha, welcome to the podcast. We are excited to have you. First thing I need you to do is Tell me how to say your last name. My last name is Zogi. Zogi. Well, I had that yes. wrong. Yes. And you right. have Revolution Salon. Yes. In St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Yes. 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 My husband and I um, started Revolution just a little over seven years ago, but I've been doing hair for much longer than that. So a very long time. Well, and your hair is fantastic. The, oh, well, the, benefit, of, the <laughs> benefit of recording via Zoom 
is that we get to see each other when we're doing this. So you have the, would you call, what would you call your style? Would I would call it a shag? It is a shag. Yes. Yes. It's a shag. I've had, um, many different lengths with the shag. So I've had it really, really long and kind of a medium length. And I guess this is a bit of a, I guess this is kind of medium as well, but it's a shorter medium length. So I've done many different things with this. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. Thank you look. so much. Thank look you. Fabulous. You're welcome. Oh. And you just passed the test on the compliment. <laughs> Before you got on, Lisa and I were bemoaning the fact that it's, I would say, generally women who are not good at taking compliments and just saying, thank you. So bravo. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's one of those things where I, I agree with you on that because working with mostly women throughout my career, of course, I have some male clients too, but women are not good at taking compliments. And it's something I myself have had to work on just saying thank you and taking it. So I do agree 100%. Oh, good. Well, we're in agreement on that. So talk to us about how you got started. What was the, obviously, how did it, to, how did it all happen? How <laughs> did you get to where you are now? So I started my career right out of high school. Um, my mother actually had, um, is a hairstylist. My whole family does hair, essentially. That's another story. My Obviously, my husband does hair. My brother also does hair, too. Um, But my mother was kind of the one who started everything. And she kind of did it more as something fun. Um, I don't know if she really thought it was going to be her career, but she was really into beauty. And so she decided to go to the Aveda Institute. I think it must have been like 1994 or something. And they needed a model. So she asked me to model for them. And I hadn't gotten, I was in high school at this point. And I hadn't gone into the school at all. I just seen the outside driving by and I walked in and I was like, oh my God, these are my people. Like immediately I felt something. And so that was kind of it. Um, and my parents are super excited about it, but <laughs> you're talking about the salon that's right in Northeast, correct? Yeah. That beautiful old building. It's just, it's been there forever. Exactly, exactly. And that was, I mean, I think when I walked in and I smelled the smells and saw the people and I had, there was this one instructor in particular, her name was Amy, I'll never forget. And I still know Amy. She had the coolest red lipstick on, jet black hair. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be that. (laughs) So um, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And so I told my parents and they weren't super excited about it because they definitely thought like, I'm Persian. My family moved here from Iran many, many years ago. And so, you know, that family does not want you to be a hairstylist, even though she was doing it for fun. They want doctor, lawyer, engineer, one of those approved jobs. Um, and so I told them, and at first they weren't excited about it, but they just, I just said, let me just try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to school. And I actually was a really good student. So my plan was to go to the U initially and they said, okay, so they let me do it. And, um, it just went from there. So then I started, um, doing hair. I went to school, loved it, got my first job in uptown at a hair salon, John English salon in uptown. And, that's where I learned how to do hair. Um, truly, I was an apprentice and I worked my way up 
And then I ended up leaving after a few years and started working in a salon in Edina, big salon in Edina. And um, I became one of their educational directors. And then um, my husband started working there as well. He, he actually started going, he went to cosmetology school many years after I did. And then um, at some point, we just kind of decided it was time to move on and start our own thing. And so that's how I, we have Revolution Salon many, many years after that. <laughs> well, that's, that's fantastic. Now, did you, from a, because <clears throat> I imagine then at the time you started your salon, <clears throat> excuse me. No, no problem. There's the whole putting the business plan together yes. and doing all of that. So when you're in cosmetology school, do they do any kind of training for that? Or is that something you did outside of? They definitely didn't when I was in cosmetology school 20 some years ago. Um, I think they maybe do a little bit of that now, but they definitely didn't when I was. And really, honestly, I never went into it thinking like, I'm going to have my own salon. I'm going to do this. I always just kind of moved with the moment. And um, it was really you get to us or I got to a certain point where I just thought, you know, maybe I would do it this way and wouldn't do it that way. And that just kind of added up. And so our biggest thing at our salon is education. And so we really make sure our stylists are really, really educated. And that's kind of, I love doing hair behind the chair. That's my passion, but my other passion is teaching. So I knew that I wanted to have a space where we could bring young stylists in and mentor them and um, teach them, try to teach them everything. So that's what we wanted to do. And at that point we decided, okay, let's, let's move on to our own because we really did like where we were working. It was just, it was time. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's fabulous. And when you know it's time, it's time. And then exactly. you take the risk and you go out and now what do your parents think now? You're they're, a business They're owner. very happy for me. <laughs> <laughs> They've always been supportive. They've always been super supportive. But I mean, I think too, it's like now we see how far you can get into in the beauty industry because of social media and everything we see online. But 1996, it was like, what are you going to do? You know, like, yeah, you can go work at one nice salon, two nice salons in the Twin Cities, but there really wasn't that much opportunity. And there wasn't the opportunity. I mean, there may have, there was the opportunity to do other things for it with it, but it wasn't apparent like it is now. So we're heavily involved in the fashion industry as well. And I never would have thought in a million years that I would have done that either, especially back then. So what are you doing for the fashion industry? Um, so my husband and I work for a product line, it's called R&Co, and it's by a, a big brand called Luxury Brand Partners. Um, they started, are you guys familiar with Orbe, the product line Orbe? Yes, we are. We had Sonia Kashuk on our podcast. I listened to that one. I listened to all of them, actually, but that was the first <laughs> one that I listened to because I was like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they created Orbe and then Orbe was sold a few years ago. And during that time, um, they also created a brand called R&Co. And so I use those products. Oh, you do? Oh, yes, awesome. I do. Well, if you need to know anything, I know everything about it. Well, we might ask a couple of questions on yes, the podcast. Yes. So, uh, we work for, we own the salon, we work behind the chair, and then we also travel throughout the country and teach at hair salons and do hair shows 
And um, prior to that, as well, as far as the fashion industry goes, um, we we always do fashion week. We've done Paris fashion week. We're actually going to fashion week next week. So I've been doing that for probably about 10 years. So let's pause on the fashion week piece yeah, and pivot for a minute. Sure. So when you're doing fashion week, what does that mean? And do you get to decide what the hair is going to look like, or is it already pre decided according to the outfits? Um, so usually the way it works is that there is a lead artist, so a lead hairstylist, and they put together their team of people. And so the lead artist and the designer talk about how what the inspiration for the clothing is. And generally, the stylist tries to move forward with that inspiration in the hair. And then they kind of, they come together, collaborate, decide what they're going to do. And then we as their team, it's up to us to execute it. And usually for most shows, it's the same hair for all the models, but more and more it's become maybe two or three looks that we do within a show, but they all kind of go together. And do they use wigs anymore? Sometimes they do. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes they do. Actually, I did a really cool show last season. We did one called um, Batsheva. And yeah, she is amazing. She's an amazing designer. Do you know who she is? I do. That's Julia Hart's daughter. Oh, okay. I, I, she is like, no, 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 no. I think you're thinking of, are you thinking of the show Batsheva? No. Okay. Okay. You know, the the girl from there's not the show Batsheva. There's a show and one of the daughters is named Batsheva. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. No, it's not her. I thought that too, actually, when I got assigned to do it, it's a, it's a different clothing designer. And you should look her up. She's really, really cool. They have, we the have same stumped name. Lisa. We have stumped, <laughs> we have Lisa stumped me because, they, because oh. they, they have their own, li- they have oh, they do. Lines of clothing. Okay. And okay. her daughter is one of the people I think that does all the social media. And, yes. and I know who she is. I follow her on social media as well. I know who she is. Okay. But this is a different designer. Is um, she from Israel? She's no, I think she's American. She's American, but she's Orthodox. And she, I mean, the coolest clothes you've ever seen. So okay, look at it. It's called Batshiva Dress. <laughs> Batshiva Dress is the brand. Oh, okay. let's mark this day. And I did it. Huh? You, you, you did it. You were the first person on this podcast to stump me. Okay. <laughs> so um, they did, we did wigs at, for that show and the lead hairstylist actually designed all the wigs. They were amazing. It was supposed to kind of look like it was like a fifties housewife maybe on drugs, they said, like, it was like, it was, they were wild. They were crazy, but they were, it was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And he designed all the wigs himself. Oh, so he wow. created the wigs and then we, we placed it on, on their hair. See, to me, that's fascinating to me is how you, he came up with the idea of the wigs with the clothing and how it was going to all work together. Yeah. That fascinates me. It is fascinating. I mean, that is just another talent on its own designing wigs, which I don't really do much of, but it is, it's amazing. It's an art form. So you're going to be at fashion week, New York coming up. Yeah. Yep. And what will be, what, can you talk about the lines that you'll be working with there or what you'll be doing? Actually, you know, it's so funny. I was telling my husband, he kind of 
just, he's like our manager, basically. He sets everything up. So I was like, send me the names. Um, so this season, because of COVID, so like last season, we did Anna Sweet, that was amazing. And we um, this season, she's doing a digital format. So we won't be doing that show. But the shows that we are doing, I'm going to pull it up. Um, there's a brand called Acna. And then there's another one that we're doing. It's called Greedious. And then we this other show that we're doing, we've done before. And they're just like the most beautiful gowns. And I'm going to totally like slaughter the name. It's Bipu Mohapatra. Don't and know that one either. Yeah. I well, think if there's you guys probably follow me three. on Instagram, you'll see us posting. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's. That's everybody should follow you on Instagram. Give (laughs) give us your Instagram handle as long as we're talking about it. Yeah, it's Sasha. It's just Sasha Zogi at Sasha Zogi. And Z-O-G-H-I is how we spell Zogi. S-A-S-H-A-Z-O-G-H-I. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's get into trends. Can we? Yeah, absolutely. What do you see right now in trends? Other than a ponytail and people on... (laughs) People on Zoom meetings getting their hair back in, in a ponytail. I know. We're seeing a lot of different things. It's kind of, I mean, it's funny because I, talking about my mom again, I remember when I was like in high school and my mom would talk, we were, we'd be wearing certain things and she'd be like, oh, we wore that when I was young. And I was like, right. You didn't wear it like this, you know, (laughs) I couldn't even grasp it. I couldn't grasp it. But now um, I would say the younger generation is full on 90s. So even like versions of the Rachel haircut are coming back in. Really, the shag is the Rachel haircut. It's just styled differently. The shag has been many different things. I mean, Jane Fonda was the first one who kind of did it, but um, it's gone through so many different phases. And so now we do see a lot of the shag, but nineties and this style of shag, I would say is more seventies, eighties kind of, but we definitely see like nineties influence coming in. So that's like trend, I would say with the younger generation, but as far as overall trend, I do think that warmer tones of color are, have been kind of coming back in. we saw a lot of ashy, cool tones, which are pretty, but they're not, I mean, you really have to have a specific skin tone, eye color for that to look great. Um, but people have wanted it anyways. So I think it's like, as long as it's trend, they don't care if it looks good on them or not, they just want it. And I guess it's up to us to like, try to maybe change it a little bit. So it suits them better. Um, and have that conversation of, yes, it looks great on this person, but it might not be complimentary to, to your skin tone or even with haircuts too. Like sometimes people will come in with pictures and it's beautiful on the Instagram model or on, you know, in the magazine, but maybe it's not necessarily best suited for their face shape. So I just think that's up to your hairstylist, to be honest with you and give you give you the feeling, I say the vibe of the haircut without actually that specific haircut. Maybe instead of a center part, maybe you do something that's a little off center or whatever it needs to be, maybe vary the length based on your face shape, things like that. 
Um, but yeah, nineties are really coming back in. I hate to, cause I'm a nineties girl. So I think about my mom, I'm like, okay, she was saying that. And I'm like, oh my God. And I say that to my younger stylist, like we used to do this. And I'm just thinking they're like, yeah, sure well, the cycles, the cycles, <laughs> the cycles are very much there, but it's interesting as I think about this, you know, there are really excellent people in every line of work. And then there are those that are good. And then there are those that, you know, so how does one pick a stylist that's right for them? I love all the things you were saying about the fact that you're really looking at all of it. You're looking at the shape of the face and all that. I don't know that everyone does that. Yeah. So how does one go through the process of knowing what they really should look for in a stylist? And is how to find a stylist. Um, I think that the best thing to do is First of all, I still think in the good old, like, ask the person that you like their hair, that you see them, like, who cuts your, and looks similar to your type of hair. I think that's a great way to find someone. Also, but if you're just, like, looking, you're just online looking, um, I would definitely, A, look for a salon that offers a lot of continuing education for their team. And usually, a salon that does that will absolutely advertise it. And we'll like, we have an apprenticeship program. And I think that's very, very important because when you come out of cosmetology school, you really are, it's like any other kind of school, I guess you you just have the very, very bare minimum. And it's up to you to find more education or get training or whatnot. So I would definitely look for a salon that has that. And then um, experience is huge. I mean, we have a great team. We have all levels, but you know, you're not going to get the same level with someone who's only been there two years as you are with someone who's been there 20 years, 15 years, five years. So experience is huge. So I would say if you're really looking for someone who is, who knows what they're talking about, experience is big. Um, and you can definitely, if you're not sure you can, I, for me anyways, I don't know how other stylists are, but I'm, I love it when people call or email and say, here's my situation, um, or even send a picture or maybe an inspiration picture. And we could even have a little consultation through email, or they can come into the salon. Um, that's a great way of doing it. And if you feel like if the, if you feel like the stylist is kind of understanding what you're looking for, then move forward. Um, and also, are you looking for someone to tell you the honest truth, or are you looking for someone to just validate what you're saying? Because that's I think a that very, happens. Well. Very good point. You probably get that all the time. Both of you probably get that all the time. <laughs> yes, that I, and I'm painfully honest, and I will tell people up front. You know, if you want me to help you. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. So if you can't handle that, I might not be the right person for you. That's so hundred percent. But that also comes, I think that comes with experience as well. I mean, what, did you feel like you were like that from the very beginning of your career? Yes. Yeah. But, but I probably said less in the beginning of my career yeah. than I do now. Yeah. Now it's like hard. No hard. Yes. Yes. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Katie yeah. knows. And that's conf. I mean, I think it's because you know what you're talking about, but right. a lot of times when you are a newer stylist, I mean, that whole thing about the 10,000 hours thing, I really do believe that, that it takes 10,000 hours to master your craft. 
and its experience. So if you're working for end of the day, if you're working for a good salon that offers you training, they should be teaching you those things that you're not just looking, a client's going to bring a picture and you're not just looking at that picture. You actually talk them through it. So first thing I would say, look for a salon that has a training program that's really invested in that. Second, if you really, really are want to make sure the stylist is good for you and right for you, I would contact, um, let them know that, let the salon know, okay, who do you recommend? They'll tell you, and then maybe have some sort of contact with the stylist before you go in, whether it's in for consultation or um, some sort of email back and forth, something like that. And so, I would think too, just as there's every, every person has the right fit, people are not going to get offended if you say, okay, thank you. Not the right fit for me. You would rather have a happy client. Oh my gosh. Than someone who sticks around going, well, I'll try it. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to just try it with your hair. You know, it's like, (laughs) especially when you're going to do color and a cut color and a big cut, you know, like obviously your hair grows, but it's going to take a while. So I would make sure you're comfortable with that person. And I always suggest to clients that I think they should change up their hairstyle every three to five years. Do you agree with that or not agree with that? I agree with that. I agree with that. And I definitely think it doesn't have to be a huge change. It can be putting a fringe in. It could be maybe more face framing, more layers. Um, And it doesn't have to be this many layers. It can just be a little bit more layers or even keep the same haircut, but change the way you're styling it. There's so many different things you can do. There are certain haircuts that have to be styled a certain way, but I always try to give options to my clients. So if they're bored, they're like, oh, I really like, you know, I like the length of it. I like this. I like that. But I just kind of want something different. Um, We really try to talk to them about different things that they can do with their hair as far as the styling goes. So let's get into that styling piece. Okay. But before we get into that styling piece, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. Because we have to go sing the praises of our sponsor. We love them so much. So hang on one minute, go grab yourself a cup of coffee and hopefully a rustic treat. And we'll be right back. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market and Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the Take and Bake Cookies, available online or in-store. Truly a capstone for any get-together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate, a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites.
Oh, sometimes I think we really just should keep recording through the breaks because that's, that's some of the most fun conversation. <laughs> Take it away, Lisa. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into a little bit of styling stuff. Sure. So let's start with the first, let's start with if you are a person that's not a stylist and you really don't know how to work well with your hair, you go to the hairdresser, she does your hair, you come home, you're feeling great. And then you have to wash and shampoo your hair and try to do the same thing they did. And it's frustrating, right? Yes. So for someone that wants to do like a home blowout, let's call yeah. it, you know, what do you recommend or some tips for them? Let's start with that piece first. Two things I think are super important, the right tools and the right products. And what and do you it's true, it's, it's really the two things that besides time and like, you know, strength and all of that stuff based on your hair. Um, the right tools, I would, everybody has different needs with their hair in a blowout. So if your hair is super curly, it's going to be different than you're looking to kind of flatten your hair out a little bit more smooth, flat. If your hair is straight, you're usually looking for more body. So tools, meaning like, do you need a round brush? Do you need a paddle brush? Do you need um, some, uh, the type of round brush that you're using, should it heat up a bit more than, so like if a round brush has, um, metal in the inside of it, that's going to heat up more. And that's going to act a little bit more like a flat, like what a flat iron would do. If, um, are you looking for many, you know, it just kind of depends. So let's just say you're look, you have curly hair, and you want to smooth your hair out. I have curly hair and I want to smooth my hair. Okay. out. So I'm totally understand. I'm following you. Okay. But you don't, you also probably are looking for a bit of volume, but not like you want to kind of flatten the sides down, but maybe a little bit of lift on top. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Yep. You don't want it super flat. So what I would say is I would use a round brush that has metal in the inside of it uh, because that's going to heat up a little bit more. And it's going to make your job at home a bit quicker. Now, boar bristle brushes are great, but sometimes when you use it on your own hair, again, it depends on the type of hair that you have. They just don't heat up as fast and you really have to have a good grip on it. So at home um, for your type of hair, I would probably say, and then you could finish it off with a boar bristle if you wanted. Boar bristle gives the hair a little bit more shine. You need a couple clips to clip the hair away. And whatever product that you're using, so some sort of smoothing product, oil is great. Um, oil can also help smooth the hair out. And you want to make sure that the oil that you're using is can penetrate inside the hair, but also lay on, help um, go on top of the hair and kind of help smooth the cuticle layer of the hair out as well. Many different oils out there, and some of them do one or the other or both. Um, and I would say... To get about 70% of the moisture out of your hair before putting product on there. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people put the product on wet hair and mm. what the water is doing, it's almost a repellent. So oil and water don't mix and most um, smoothing products have oil in them. And so if you wanted to really get into your hair and coat the hair and seal the cuticle layer down so you have shine and you have smoothness, the hair should be about 70% dry. Um, so wrapping I did it not up, know that. That yeah, is a great important. tip. Yes, okay. it's important. You, you mentioned the clips and I, I have similar hair to Lisa's. Very okay. thick, very thick, curly. Mine's very coarse. 
since I've gone gray, okay. it's even a little more coarse, but coarse. I really, everything you're saying holds true. And what I found is because my hair is thick, I wasn't sectioning it off enough. Taking yes. smaller sections actually makes it go faster, right? And however big your brush is. So let's say the, let's say the circumference of your brush is about this big. That's the so amount you're about of section. two inches. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I forget that we're that's talking. Okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's about two inches. So that's the, the sectioning you should take of your hair. So that's right. a general rule. And that's like the first thing we learn in cosmetology school is don't go bigger than your brush and don't go smaller than your brush either, because you're not going to get enough grip. So yeah. however and big the, your brush is. Yeah, so, that makes, that makes sense. And the hardest thing I think is obviously doing the crown and holding your hands up and doing all that. So if you take smaller sections there, yes. it works better. Now, if somebody came in and said to you, okay, I need you to walk me through how to do this at home. Is that mm -hmm. something you could do? Definitely. And you know what, if your stylist isn't doing that for you, ask them to do it, but that's part of the service in my opinion. That's like, they're not completing the service. I mean, I have clients that I've been doing for literally since I started doing hair, I still walk them through every single time. Okay. Remember, don't remember to do this. Remember to do that. So that's, that's definitely something that your stylist should just be doing for you as part of the service. What do you think about those heated brush hair dryers? You know, I think the they're great. Okay. I think they're great. I think they make the job easier. And I think when it, you, you're just using one hand, but I would still use the same um, theory of taking the amount of section based on the brush. So if it's like a round brush, don't go any bigger than what that round brush is. Okay. Um, if it's a flat brush, obviously you can fit a little bit more in there, but I think they're fantastic. Okay, great. So if you, if you wake up in the morning and you don't have time to really do your hair, you don't have time for a shower, you don't, have to, but you're having a bad hair day. Sure. What do you have a quick tip to how to, other than throw it back in a ponytail? Yeah, I would <laughs> say at least do the front because <laughs> we could always like re-wet the front a little bit. And at least do the front. And if you do it, even though you said don't throw it in a ponytail, do the front, at least that looks good. And then you can put the rest of it back. And if you have some sort of maybe layering around your face, having some pieces that kind of come out, that makes it look fresh. Also, um, dry shampoo is amazing for that. So you okay, can we're going to talk dry, dry shampoo. shampoo. That yes. was another question. Dry shampoo. Yes. So what do you recommend is the best one and to, you know, how do you do it so that you don't have the powder and the, you know, so some people just throw the dry shampoo in yeah. and they don't know how to do it. And then they leave and it looks like half of their hair is gray. Exactly. <laughs> so for you and I, Lisa, we're a different story because we have dark hair and a lot of the dry shampoos on the market, um, they, it's a powder, right? So it's going to make on dark hair, it's going to make it look dusty kind of. Exactly. There, there are dry shampoos out there. Like person, like R and co has a great one called zigzag and it's a texturizing spray, but it also is, it also absorbs oil. So we use it more sometimes for texture and sometimes we use it for dry shampoo. The difference with that is, is it has the, uh, just the, a hint of a dark pigment to it, like a light brown pigment almost. Um, and what happens is you put it in your hair. So for you and I, it wouldn't cause that dusting effect. Um, but if someone with light hair uses it, 
the pigment also dissipates a little bit. It's kind of, it's, I feel like it's magic. So like for you and I, it would keep us from getting that dusty look. For someone with light hair, it's not gonna make them brown. The brown pigment almost disappears. Um, so finding a product like that for some people who have dark hair, I think is beneficial. Also, I also feel like the higher grade or quality of dry shampoo that you have, the less likely it's going to give you that dust because it's really how fine the powders are milled. So it's how much they kind of, I don't know, grind the powder or what they do, but it's a finer mill. It's like flour, you know, like a finer mill. So finding a high quality dry shampoo, which I think obviously like I'm, I love the line that I work for. So I think r &Co is fantastic. They just came out with a beautiful new luxury line called r &Co Blue. And they have a great dry shampoo as well. Um, but light hair and dark hair are different. So you have to make sure that it's the right one for your color. Okay, that's, that's, and then how do you suggest putting it in your hair? Do you pick up the hair and put it underneath? You don't yeah. spray it on top of your hair. No. Which some people think to do. No, no, you, I would just do sections, pick up sections and spray it right at the root. If you're looking for oil absorption, um, if you're looking for, sometimes people put it throughout their hair and that kind of like refreshes the ends a little bit, but most people use dry shampoo for, for oil absorption. So I would lift the hair in sections and spray it right, right at the root. Okay. Not just like holding it far. The further you hold it away, the more it's going to expand all over. You want to really get it kind of directional. Okay. That's good to know. And how about um, hairspray? Like, is there an incredible hairspray out there that doesn't make your hair look stiff, like you can't move, but yet it actually keeps the curl or whatever style you have for the day? There's a lot of great hairsprays out there. Um, the ones that I'm loving right now are the in the R&Co Blue line. Um, I would say look for something if you're looking for you know, people say like, I don't want it to feel like a helmet. I want to still be able to run my fingers through it. So I would say, look for a medium to light hold hairspray, as opposed to a strong hold. Cause sometimes I think people do go overboard with using strong hold. Strong hold is really meant for styles that are like set that you don't want any movement. So, um, the Arnco Blue Line has one called Featherlight, which is amazing. It has great hold to it, but you can still run your fingers through it. And we actually used that last season in Fashion Week because we wanted the hold, but we wanted the hair to still kind of look natural. This was the Anna Sui show that we did. We still wanted it to look a um, little bit more natural. So it depends on what you're looking for, but that's my favorite one right now. If, okay, you, perfect. if you have a budget that, and I don't know what Arnco products cost, but I, I have a feeling there may it's be a higher on, end luxury line, higher so. end luxury line. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't have that kind of budget for your hair, sure. Are there products that you can go into target? My favorite store. Yeah. I, <laughs> love, target target. I love target too. I love target too. I have to be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, I haven't bought products hair beauty products at Target for a very, very long time. The general rule is um, with products, with hair products anyways, things that are mass marketed, 
generally most of the money goes into the advertising. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily in the, in the product itself. I mean, I'm, there probably are, I just am not aware of it. So you're usually with things that you buy at Target or drugstores, they're going to coat the hair more. You're going to have build up on the hair. The actual ingredient that's featured on the bottle is like the 20th ingredient down. There's more filler in the product. And I'm not just saying that because I own a salon and I'm a hairstylist and all of that, but there are different, there are different grades in products, even in salons, like for instance, Arnco has two lines. They have their regular line. They have their luxury line. So as far as price point, that's going to be different as well. And I'm sure if people go into their own salons, they're going to have levels of products for each consumer in there as well. Um, It's not going to be, I would say, as low as Target maybe, but a little bit more. And the thing too, I have to add, is that when there's more filler in the product and not the actual ingredient, you're going to have to use more of it to get the outcome that you want. So So you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. And usually you'll notice like shampoo conditioner in a salon, they're going to be smaller bottles, but it's because it's way more concentrated. So it lasts longer, you know? So it is, it is that too, that it's the products that you're going to buy in a salon or from your beauty professional are more concentrated products. I mean, I, I think that that's a, a smart statement because it's the same with clothes, right? Yes. Buy less and buy quality. hundred percent. And you know, when you talk about shampoos and conditioners, I think people think that they should put way more shampoo than they need in their hair. No. And you just should use a little bit and run it through your hair with a little more water than run it through your hair. I always, when I'm getting my hair washed at the salon, I always pay attention to how they done it over the years. And I try to emulate that when I'm washing my own hair. That's, Um, and I'm sure they use great products at your salon too. So it is concentrated. So really it's like, if you think of orange juice concentrate, that is what I always think (laughs) is when I was little and the orange juices you used to get, you know, that we just add water to it. It's the same thing. So a little bit of shampoo and you add water to it. So a little bit, add, put it on, wet your hair again, and that's going to help activate everything. So a little really goes a long way with good products. Do you suggest that people change up their shampoo, you know, every six months, or can they always use the same shampoo, the same conditioner? I think you can always use the same shampoo and same conditioner. If you're, again, if you're using a higher quality product, it shouldn't leave a buildup on your hair. And that's really what the whole purpose of changing it up is, is it, is it putting a buildup on your hair? Um, so not necessarily, unless you like me, I like doing that just cause I like diff- I like to use different things and I like different scents and I'm a big, big stickler with scents. I love, I'm totally that person that's like, oh, this smells good. I'm going to buy it. Um, so, <laughs> so I do it because of the smell, but if it's working for you, no, you can absolutely stay with the same thing. And Iron Co has great smells. They do, you know, you know. <laughs> I use their products. I, I use their oil on my hair. Oh, what awesome. Is, what does Iron Co. suggest for the woman who's gone gray, who uh, sometimes it, it yellows. I can't yeah. figure out how to get the more even tones. Yellow out of it. So I think a lot of times people think they have to use purple shampoo and purple shampoo is good for um, 
you know, neutralizing the yellow in hair. That's why it's basically, if you look on the color wheel, violet neutralizes yellow. So that's why they have purple shampoo, but really with gray hair, a lot of time it's, um, your water. So what kind of, um, what kind of chemicals are in the water to purify the water and also just environmental factors that causes yellowing of hair. So I always, with my gray hair clients, I think that, um, one of the things that we always suggest is using a clarifying shampoo. So we have one called oblivion. It's a great mild clarifier. They just came out with, um, a really cool product. It's called teacup. And it's a kombucha rinse for your hair. So it's a detoxifying rinse that removes mineral buildup from your hair. So it's actually the third step in your hair washing regimen. So you shampoo, condition, and then you actually add this. um, It's got a little nozzle on it. So you run it against your scalp and then you put it through the ends, um, put it in your hair, kind of like you would shampoo, leave it in for like three minutes and it helps remove any of that buildup. But that's super important for gray hair is to do a clarifying treatment or shampoo in your hair, um, along with a purple shampoo once in a while. But sometimes I have to say this overuse of purple shampoo can actually make your hair look dull because sometimes I think people think they want to make their hair ashy And ash actually makes the hair not make it look dull, but it makes it look a little bit darker, whereas warm um, makes the hair look a little brighter. So if you're continuing to add violet, 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 it can dull the hair a bit. So I don't think you use it every day. I I have not used a clarifying shampoo, so that will be that will be something that I add. Your hair in. looks your hair looks beautiful from here. It doesn't Thank look you. <laughs> <laughs> and if people are coloring their hair, you know, yes. like myself, you know, I I'm I'm not gray all over. I have gray in parts and I do like a I don't know what it's called, but she doesn't color my whole head. She just Sure, just your roots. My roots. Um is it important to then know the shampoo and conditioner you should be using so that it doesn't I don't have permanent color. I, I don't know. Semi-permanent. Semi-permanent. Yeah. So is that also something to know um, as you're starting to gray and you're doing just a semi-permanent color? Yes. So color fades. It just does. That's just the structure of color. Um, And using shampoos and conditioners, you just want to make sure that you're, again, using high quality. I always say you're making the investment in your color. And for longevity, you should be using a a good shampoo and conditioner. And the ones that are specifically made to hold on to color, they just have a different, um, they're created differently to keep the color lasting longer and keep it from fading. So it keeps that color molecule in the hair longer and shinier. So it is super important to use a shampoo and conditioner that's specifically made for color treated hair whether you're doing permanent color or demi-permanent or semi-permanent color. It's very important. All right. We have time for two more questions. And one of them, I want to talk about hair don'ts. Yes. Are there any specific hair don'ts? And would we, would the bang question fall? I have more questions from people and comments that I've heard friends talking about bangs, no bangs after a certain age. Yeah. So I Honestly, I mean, again, I think it depends on your face shape for sure. 
And your situation, I think everyone's situation is different. So after a certain age, I think, I mean, bangs before Botox, I hear I hear that all the time. And I think it's a great, <laughs> whether you do it or not, but that it does help kind of cover a little bit. Um, and also it's a, if you're, if some people just have more gray around their face and maybe they're not ready to color their hair yet, it's a great way to cover, cover that as well. Um, I think that face shape is huge because some people have, you know, maybe a wider face. And so if you're getting your fringe put in, we learn and we teach that it's better to kind of have a little bit of a narrower. So it helps, helps the face shape balances out. Um, but I think it's really specific to the person. And again, your stylist should be showing you how to style them because it may look great in the salon. And then you go home and you're doing it totally not what was intended. Maybe it was intended to be coming straight down and you're pushing them over to the side. So it's not going to look good or vice versa. Um, but I think it, it over a certain age doesn't necessarily apply to bangs because everyone's facial structure is different. Everyone's hair is different. And really, are you going to do it? You know, because if, if I put them in and you're not going to do it that way, then of course, it's not going to look good. It's going to, it doesn't, it's not going to look like it fits. So I think that's very specific to the individual. I don't think it's like, okay, you're 50. Now you shouldn't have things or you're whatever. Well, does it matter too how often you're going to go back for upkeep? Because if 100%. you cut them too short, it just doesn't look great. And if you keep yeah. them longer, then they grow faster. And now you're, maybe you don't need the whole, you know, so how often do you see people coming in for maintenance? So a lot of times people who have um, specific, like if it's part of the style and it has to look a certain length in a certain way, I have people come in for like a quick little bang trim in between their hair appointments. So let's say you get your hair cut every six to eight weeks, maybe at the four point, four week point, um, you'll come in and just get like, we do like one complimentary bang trim in between haircut if people want it. So it's a quick little thing and it helps just keep you looking fresh and not fight them every day. All right, Katie, but I have a question for her that's unrelated to hair. What is your superpower? Oh my God. <laughs> I think connecting with people is my superpower. A exceptional question. I, I, I can, can totally I can see that. Totally. Oh, see thank that. you. Um, I love yeah. people and I've, I have clients, I have new clients that come in and I have clients that um, have been doing for a long, long time. And I, I, every day, that's what energizes me is that one-to-one -one connection with people. Cause I, of course I love doing hair and it's my passion, but it's the connection that really drives me. And the relationships so, that you build. Yeah. 100%. How do people get a hold of you? What's what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? Um, I would say Instagram is is a big one, so they can DM me on Instagram. Otherwise, call the salon, uh, and they can if they want. I don't know if they want to make an appointment or whatever it is. They can call the salon and um, book with me. It's it's a little hard to get into, but you know. Um, if, and you have and a then, website, right? And we have a website. So it's uh, revolutionsalonmpls.com. And you can go on our website and all our information is there. But uh, Instagram, honestly, is the easiest way. 
Fantastic. Okay. Now we're going to switch gears really quickly before we let you go. Yes. You have a nonprofit that you have brought forward. Tell us about the nonprofit you picked. Um, you know what? I picked Planned Parenthood and I really feel like they do amazing work. And um, I feel like they've been struggling a little bit. So that's the nonprofit. And I think they just provide great health care for women, men. Um, and that's that was my nonprofit that I wanted to to pick. Fantastic. And that is PlannedParenthood.org. And Planned Parenthood's mission, it's been a while since I've looked at this, but I think it's great. And you sent this on to me, so I'm just going to read this. The mission is to ensure all people have access to the care and resources they need to make informed decisions about their bodies, their lives, and their futures. And each year, Planned Parenthood delivers vital sexual, reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of people. I... I think that's, it's good to remember. And you're right. They have been taking a beating as of late. So yes. as with anything, there's the good, the bad, and yeah. we like people to make their own decisions. Um, exactly. But thank you for bringing that forward. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, wow. ladies. I had so much fun. It was, it was absolutely fabulous. Oh, you you're are, so you are, you are just wonderful. Thank you as, so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. You're welcome. And as a person who spends her life in front of a mirror, we know the view in your mirror is always beautiful. And we thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate it. Wow. 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 Oh my God. I just love her. She, she is was amazing. Fabulous. And she's just got like this energy about her. Yeah that you just want to keep listening. But not only that, she just has a positive aura, if that's mm -hmm. possible, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when she's talking. She's just natural. She's naturally, it bubbles up from with, within. And uh, once again, I'm reminded that we are just so fortunate to have incredible people on as guests, incredible listeners. And it just makes me smile. It, it, it puts out good feelings for the rest of the day and maybe even longer. Me too. Me too. Well, I hope the rest of your day is beautiful, as beautiful as you are. Well, thank you. I feel like I'm having a bad hair day, Katie, but that's okay. <laughs> you look fabulous, Lisa. But no. you know, and we, and when you talk, oh, what, what did you just do? I didn't say thank you. Your first comment was, uh. <laughs> <laughs> takes practice. We'll practice it. So, and you know what? You totally can feel like you have a bad whatever day. That's not the point we're trying to make. The point we're trying to make is put a smile on your face, go out into the world and radiate the beauty that is within. If you're not feeling it externally, because it's there. Good point. All right. People want to get a hold of you. Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am Katie at katieharms.com. We have a website, theviewinyourmirror.com, shows all of the links to our past podcasts and our nonprofits and a little bit of information on the two of us. We have great upcoming guests. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, make the view in your mirror the best that it can be. Mm -hmm.